I can't tell you how many different prophecies have been spoken over us by young'uns. <laughs> by the way, where's Jeff? Did he take off? Probably. Oh, there he is. Right in front of my face. Love is blind. After I stationed you over here, I went over there, and it's like <laughs> God got all over me. Whoo! We're going to get through this today, whatever that looks like. If you didn't receive today, it's your own fault. <laughs> oh, the Lord is good. And all the time. So this is, of course, the first Sunday of the new year, 2019. Are you excited about that? And we often think about new beginnings, new beginnings at this time of the year. Whatever that might look like. Maybe you look down at yourself and you think there ought to be about half of what there is. You know, and, and you, you come up with ideas on how, to, how you might change that. Or maybe you just need a change, like Peggy and Bob. So what are they doing? They're heading to Florida. I don't blame them. If I could get away with it, I'd do the same. Probably wouldn't be hired here very long, though, if I did that. Today I wanted to discuss some practical ways for all of us to begin the new year. To begin it with a bang. How many know that God wants us to be victorious as Christians? None of that mamby-pamby kind of Christianity. He doesn't want us to live in sin. He doesn't want us to lower our standards. He wants us to live victoriously. And that's what this message is about. I don't know about you, but I hope that when that day comes and I'm standing before him, that I hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. And you know what? For each one of us, it's a little bit different. Because you're not wired like I am, and I'm not wired like you are. We're all unique. So what does God expect from us? He expects us to use what he's given us to his glory. And that's the bottom line. If you take what God's given you, and, and you know what? You might be 70 years old and you've never served Jesus one day of your life. This is a new beginning. This is a new day. And I believe that this message today, it, it's a call to live more vibrantly for Him. So that this world will know there's another way. That they don't have to live in the darkness and in the lies and in the hypocrisy. They can get to know the Son of God and He'll change them. Hallelujah. So how do I make a new start with God? Let's start there. This is our first scripture. This is kind of the key. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And this is in the, the new contemporary version of you're not familiar with that. The Lord says, forget what happened before and do not think about the past. Look at the new thing I am going to do. It's already happening. Don't you see it? I will make a road in the desert and rivers in the dry land. Excuse me one second. He was making rivers in my nose. <laughs> Isaiah gave these two verses to the Israelites because they realized they're in the wrong place. Their enemies were now their captors. They were in bondage, in slavery. And they knew in their heart that they'd messed up. They'd served other gods. Even though God gave them the king that they wanted, they still proceeded to serve the other gods, not the one God. 
And as a result, the Lord allowed their enemies to overtake them. Now, they lived in shame. And they felt, rightly so, that God was judging them. Maybe some of you feel like the Israelites felt. You've made some serious mistakes in your life. Maybe even walked away from God's call. I want to tell you this morning, there's good news for you. There's good news for you. Be encouraged. God knows that we're not perfect. Poke your neighbor and say, God knows that. We will not be perfect until we are in our glorious bodies. And when that day comes, we won't have to fast anymore. I don't know why I keep looking down. I... Anyhow. When we make a mistake, when we break covenant with God, listen, as long as you repent and come back to Him, you're okay. It's the ones that get hardened. It's the ones that say, you know what? I've done that. It didn't do anything. And you go on with your life. You're the one that's going to suffer. Because you're disallowing the blood of Jesus to cleanse you. To wash you clean. Amen? God's forgiveness for our sin is always available to us as long as we're still breathing. So what Isaiah shared here with the Israelites, this is something that we need to really take to heart. The idea is, stop looking at your past and begin looking ahead to your future. Stop looking to your past and begin looking to your future. The Jer- prophet Jeremiah in 2911, and we read this a lot, but he's dealing with the same issues that Isaiah dealt with. And, and this is what he said. You know this. For I know the plans I have for you. Will, you. will you read this with me? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Let that sink in. This is who we serve. Sometimes I think we fall into that trap of God just wants to smash me. <laughs> I did it again. Here comes a giant fly swatter. Anytime now. Right? We get that in our spirit. It's like, that's not who our God is. When Jesus died on that cross, he knew every sin you were going to commit. Every sin. So don't ever feel like, you know what, God's going to just take me out because I've just gone too far. No. Just keep coming back to Him. Keep crying out to Him. Lord, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying. And you know what, as long as you try, you're going to be okay. It's the ones that give up. They're not going to be okay. God just wants to grow us up. (laughs) He wants to grow us up in Christ. And that's what Jesus was talking about in John 10.10. Another very familiar passage. The thief's purpose is to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. What does that sound like to you? You know, people say, oh, man, being a Christian's boring. Really? When God says he'll give us a rich and satisfying life, he's not kidding. If you're not there, then you're not serving him. Because you should be satisfied. You should be living that rich, full life. And it's... But, as Jesus alludes to him, him, not everyone is geeked about us getting that rich and satisfying life. There is one, and we know him as what? The devil, the prince of darkness, the father of all lies. 
And he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy us, God's people. How? By throwing everything at us that he can in order to do what? Get our eyes off of the master. If, if he can shipwreck our faith and get our eyes off the master, you just unplug from the source. As long as you stay plugged into the source, you're going to be okay. But the minute that you go like this, ah, there goes the rich and satisfying life. He's got you right where he wants you. He goes prowling around seeking to devour those whom he may. Talking about Satan. And here's something else. He likes to remind us of our past <laughs> in order to keep us from growing in God. The devil does not want you and I to have a fresh start in this life. He wants to keep us right where we're at. But the good news is God does want us to have a new start. God wants us to be born again and God wants us to have a rich and satisfying life. Aren't you glad that God made provision for that? That fresh start begins with Isaiah 43, 18. Again, to repeat it, forget what has happened before. Stop dwelling on your past. Instead, look at the new things I'm going to do. I don't know if you remember this, but you remember when they, just forget about it. Who said that? I don't remember. Seemed like he was in the mafia or something. Just forget about it. That's what God is saying to you and me. If it's under the blood, I could care less about your past. Hello? So just forget about it. What's the Holy Spirit telling you to forget? We need to understand that God is far more interested in our future than he is in our past. Some people think that God's stuck on our past, but he's not. He wants the best for us. He's more interested in our future, what we're becoming. You know, someday our future is going to mean what? That we're with him forever. That's who he's concerned about. Who'd want a bratty kid with them for eternity? He wants us to get right with him before he takes us to heaven. How are we doing with that? So don't dwell on your past. God is saying, look, I am going to do a new thing in you. How many are receiving this today? I want to share this message with you. This is actually a message I got from somebody else. You know, I, I, I read a lot of sermons and notes and hear, listen to other preachers. And when I saw this one, I thought, man, this is awesome. And it was one of those that kind of, let me just say, it's harder for me to use somebody else's message than it is for me to do my own. But also know this, I'm just using his outline, and then God has given me what to say to make it custom for you. This message is from Pastor Jim Mooney, and again, the acronym I'm going to use is START. So each letter is going to represent something you and I need to do. You ready? All right. Can you guess what the first letter stands for? S. Salvation. S equals stop. Stop what? Stop making excuses. Stop making excuses. If I want a fresh start, a new beginning... I have to stop making excuses for my failures. Well, I wouldn't be in this spot if my ex-wife hadn't taken my whole paycheck. Stop it. It is what it is. Stop the blame game. Would you say that with me? I'm going to stop the blame game. This is number one. Well, I was raised in poverty and I never got a fair shake in life. Stop it. You aren't a victim, all right? You are not a victim. You are a victor 
in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what you need. See, the devil's the one convincing you that, or trying to convince you that you are a victim. Well, you don't know how I had to live. I don't care. That's in the past. You have a bright future and God wants to bless you and prosper you. But you got to do something about it. You got to stop doing the blame game and stop feeling like you're the victim. The Bible teaches that the starting point for change is when we are honest with ourselves and honest with God and we take responsibility for our actions. Too many today have gone the other way. Uh, it's his fault. Oh, it's their fault. Those doggone Republicans. All oh, those doggone Democrats. You know it's truth. I'm so fed up with it, I don't even turn the news on anymore. Let's take responsibility. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like to see this country being run again. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing to the world to see how this country's going. And this, these, this isn't in my notes. I'm taking a little rabbit trail. But I just, I do, I get frustrated. I'm assuming you do too. So let's take responsibility. Proverbs 28, 13, if you hide in your sins, <laughs> you will not succeed. Duh. If you hide in your sins, you will not succeed. But if you confess and reject them, you will receive mercy. Going right back to what I started with. If it's under the blood, you good. If it ain't, you ain't good. Want a fresh start? Be honest. Face up to your problems. Remember that most of your problems are probably your fault. We're, we're lazy by nature, most of us. We ignore God when he's trying to get our attention and saying, don't go that way, we still go that way. And then we wonder, ouch, why? Because we didn't listen. Or you hung with the wrong friends. How many do that? Come on. If they're not leading you to God, where are they leading you? Admit your mistakes. If you admit your sins, God will give you another chance. And another chance. And another chance. Poke your neighbor and say, I like second chances. Number one reason for failure. <laughs> we don't prepare ourselves for the problems that we're going to face. When you become Christian, God didn't say, okay, no more problems. You're mine. I wish. <laughs> That's heaven. No, on this side, we have to rely on him. We have to trust in him. We have to take on his likeness. Get the word in us. If we want to succeed, if we don't want to blow it, we got to live Jeff, don't mean to keep picking you out. We need to live like Jeff. And listen, I, I know you're not perfect. I'm certain if I asked your wife, she would tell me that. And if I asked Adam, your, your oldest son, he would, he would tell me that. And, and his, his neighbor, Mary, would tell, tell us that. But the fact is, he goes after God with a vengeance. And we can learn from him. Because too many of us, we go our own way and then, oh, 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 God, I've got time for you this morning. Where are you? Yeah, make it quick. Hey, it's 11.35. How's this preacher going to get done by noon? Do you know how fast that restaurant fills up? God's got our number this morning, doesn't he? The wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. 
Because we don't listen to others, we get into trouble. What do my parents know? They're old and set in their ways. (laughs) I used to say that. No, I is one. It's spooky. It's like what comes around, or what goes around comes around. Man, am I living that out. And I'm certain my son's back there right now thinking all kinds of things. But I won't pick on him today. When you don't listen to good advice, whether it's your parent, your pastor, your teacher, a policeman. Listen, I've worked with these guys, and you know what? I love them because they always try to help people. Hey, dude, really, you don't want to do this. You see the result. It's going to get you in trouble. They really try. So, policemen, how about your friends? How many have good friends? That tell you, are you stupid? Because if your friend won't tell you that, they're not really your friend. And then your spouse. Oh, God help us to listen to our spouses. Apparently that had an extra nudge over here. Don't be a fool. Listen to good advice. That's what this first part is, all right? Proverbs 15, 22. Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. None of us are so smart that we should think we always know what's best. Getting a fresh perspective from an outsider is often the smartest thing we can do. And over the years, it saved my wife and I a lot of headaches. Once we figured out what what that really meant. So don't let your pride override your senses. Pastor Mooney said, ego stands for edging God out. I like that. Excuse me one more time. The, The rivers are flowing. I am healed in Jesus' name. When you think you know more than God, God gets out of your way. You know what? Have you experienced that? When you think you know more than God, God gets out of your way. That should scare all of us. Only God knows the beginning from the end. Don't let your ego trip lead you to a dead end. Proverbs 18, 12, the living Bible. Pride ends in destruction. Humility ends in honor. Stop making excuses. When you fail, admit that it's your fault and learn from it. As long as you don't give up, you're not a failure. If at first you don't succeed, quit. But what I just said is what a lot of people live by. Oh, it was too hard. Yeah, I didn't really want to get my education. You know, I took the first class and <laughs> it was hard. No, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again and again and again and again. Thomas Edison failed 1,000 times before he developed the light bulb. I am thankful for Thomas Edison not quitting because otherwise we'd be here with candles. If you're not the best dad, don't give up. When I started out, I was not the best dad. But hopefully Troy will attest to this. I got better and better at it. I became wiser. I learned from my mistakes. And I admitted that I had them. Don't, you don't know how to communicate with your wife? Well, don't give up. Again, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. When I started out, I thought I told my wife things. And I did. I rehearsed them in my head. And then I never told her. Any other men? Come on. Yeah. 
I could swear I told you. No, you didn't. And my wife's got a mind like a steel trap most of the time. Want to quit smoking? Keep on quitting until you quit again. I quit once by God's grace and to his glory. And I went back to it like a dummy. And then I quit again. And I haven't had one since. I was 26 years old when I had my last. And that was a cigarette, by the way. I was sucking on it a little too much. Again, you aren't a failure until you give up. So the S stands for stop making excuses. You still with me? The T is take inventory. I need to take an inventory of my life. Evaluate the experiences that you've had in life. God made you to be who you are, not somebody else. I've already talked about that. You aren't a mistake. Say that to yourself. I'm not a mistake. Sometimes we just need to hear ourselves say that because God's saying it about you. Everything that you've ever experienced in life was meant to teach you. Everything. It, it's meant to shape you and to guide you, even your failures. Listen, I'm, be, I'm better today because of the stupid things I've done in my life. Galatians 3, 4, it says, have you ever experienced, and there's a little asterisk after experienced, and that asterisk said it could also be translated suffered. So, have you ever suffered so much for nothing? That's what he's asking them. Surely it was not in vain, was it? And that's a question I would ask you today. Those things you had to go through, those hard things, the suffering that you've gone through, was it in vain? God didn't have you go through that stuff for nothing. He, he wanted you to grow from it, to learn from it. And that's what we need to do. Take inventory of our life. Learn from our mistakes. Failure can either be your friend or your foe. How do you know which one it is? Do you throw a hissy fit when you fail? Or do you go, man, I don't, ouch, I don't want to do that again. How do I avoid it? Here are four kinds of experiences that God uses to shape our life. You ready for this? First, personal experience. Your home life, where you grew up, your parents, grandparents, siblings, they all influenced you for who you are today. God uses your personal experiences so that you can relate to your new family. Your spouse, your children. Everything you were is going to be used for who you're going to become. He uses those personal experiences to shape you. Nothing was by accident. Second, he uses vocational and educational things. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a minute. He uses spiritual experiences to shape who you are. Last night, listen, if you'd walked in here and just gone, hmm, you might not have felt a thing, but in the spirit, God was moving. I know I was changed last night, and I was touched this morning. I didn't get that love influence last night, but I wanted it. And as I stood over there after I released him, and he never prayed over me, but he didn't need to. The Holy Spirit got a hold of me right there. And I started weeping like a baby, which is what he did last night. And I didn't make fun of you. I just thought, oh, that's cool. You don't lose your man card just because you cry. In fact, I think it's the opposite. This last one, he uses painful experiences. Whatever that is, yeah, I don't need to go into that. You know. So here are three things you need to ask yourself as you take inventory. What have I learned? What have I learned? You know, I've met people in their 50s and 60s who've been born again since they were 20. And they're still not mature. They're still babes in Christ. The Israelites went around the desert 40 years. 
and didn't get a clue as to what was going on. What does that tell you? They didn't learn from their mistakes. They didn't take inventory. What can you learn from your past? What mountain can you avoid going around again and again and again? Some of you, you're, you've worn out a trench. Don't repeat the same mistakes over and over. One definition of a fool is the person who keeps doing the same thing over and over and over thinking you're going to get a different result. What are my assets? Everybody has assets or talents. Capitalize on what God has given you. I have my health. For some of us, we have our teeth. For some, we have our hair. I'm an American. I'm free to do what I please most of the time. I have a family. I have friends that care about me. Not everybody can say that. I have a job. Not everybody can say that. I have a church that loves me, and, and, and I know that you guys do love me, and I love you. You love me. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have to do to get a fresh start? Find out who can help. Who can help you? You know, we weren't intended to go through life alone. Lord said, it is not good for man to be alone. I'll make a helper who is just right for him. God made woman to be our helpmate. We complement each other. When a man and woman come together, they become one. When we need a fresh start, we need someone by our side, a friend, an accountability partner. Pastor Barb works out with Cheryl. Is she in here? Embarrassing you. They work out most of the time. They've had a couple weeks of sluggishness, but holidays, <laughs> holidays. We'll give you that. But Pastor Barb said last night, man, I'm, I'm ready to get back into it, so watch out, Cheryl. But they hold each other accountable. A support person, even a support group. There are many of them out there if you need that kind of thing. Find someone that can be there for you to ask the right questions. I said this before. They need to be able to say to you, are you stupid? You've got to give them permission to do that. Challenge me. Find somebody that'll do that to call you to a higher standard. You know, have you ever seen the American Ninja Warriors? Or um, You always see a tribe of people, and they're all wearing the same T-shirts that the guy that's competing has on. They're there to support him or her. What about America's Got Talent? You always see family and friends with them, or they're in the audience. Hooting them on. Woo, 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 woo. Right? We need that. We need to do that with each other. When we hit a down spot or a law, man, come on, keep going, don't give up. God loves you. I do too. What are you, stupid? <laughs> Whatever. Not necessarily in that order. Proverbs 17, 17, a friend is always loyal. A brother is born to help in time of adversity time of need <laughs> how many could use a good friend find one find one we all need people who can walk alongside us this of course is in addition to our lord and savior jesus christ who is always with us right ready to give us a lift when needed so the t stands for take inventory of my life the next letter is a act in, in faith the third step in getting a fresh start is to act in faith. When you become a believer, your life should change. You aren't the person that you used to be when you looked in that mirror. You're different. You've changed because God's gotten a hold of you. Instead, when you look in that mirror, you need to see who you are, who God says you are. This is so important. Don't miss this part. You need to look in that mirror and see who God says you are. You are. Then proclaim that very thing about yourself. For I am a child of God who has been promised everlasting life and life in abundance. For me, everything that I read in God's word is what? Yes, 
and amen in Christ. No weapon for me against me will prosper, and I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus my Lord. Those are the kinds of things that you need to speak out about yourself because it's truth. If we only believe what we see, we will never achieve victory. You know, I wasn't a good student in high school. That might surprise some of you. Yet I felt the Lord challenge me to go to Bible college. And I really struggled with it. I was like, what? I didn't do well in school, Lord. You really think I'm going to go in there? I'm going to, oh, I don't want to do that. But he worked on me. And my wife, of course, she said, okay, let's go. (laughs) I'm like, ah, I was counting on you to say no. So I left GM and we went to Bible college. And i got to admit, I wasn't the sharpest crayon in the box. None of you guys are going, whoa. (laughs) No, you weren't, Pastor Norm. (laughs) Thanks for that encouragement. But I went to school by faith. I trusted that he had my back. And he gave me what I needed to get through. And you know what? I improved. Because I didn't give up, I improved. And I got better and better. When I finally graduated 14 years later, (laughs) nine years of ministry in between there, when I finished with my degree, I had a really good GPA. But I give him all the glory because I wasn't the brightest bulb in the back. To God be the glory. I'm not boasting I just wanted you to see that if I could do it, you could do it. (laughs) Say that with me. If if Pastor Norm can do it, I can do it. (laughs) Same with vocational training. God took me through school. I became a dynamometer operator. Say that three times fast. I made really good money at General Motors working in their engineering facility, building engines that were going to come out five, ten years down the road. But I got trained in the vocational area. And that came after my born-again experience. Prior to that, I was, I was a sweat. I, I was a laborer. I worked hard. And then God got my number, helped me to come to Him, got born again, and everything changed. I started living by faith, and I ended up with some great jobs, promotions, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Had nothing to do with, (laughs) I don't take any credit. I was not that smart. But I serve a big God. And if you live by faith, let me tell you something. You're going to be all right. Matthew 9, 29. According to your faith, it will be done to you. According to your faith, it will be done to you. Do you have faith? Because according to your faith, it will be done to you. If you have no faith, what's going to be done to you? This is powerful stuff. And the devil wants us to forget about this part of it. He's constantly reminding us of our wicked past, but he wants us to forget about our bright future. Don't let him convince you. Live by faith and see a whole new life. A, act in faith. The R, refocus your thoughts. Another good one. You need to refocus your thoughts if you want to change. Don't keep thinking the same way that you used to think. Think outside the box. If you want a fresh start, you need to rethink how to think. Understand that your mind is programmed. When we set our kids in front of the TV and we let them listen to that purple dinosaur, or we used to, they programmed your kid, our kids. But as much as you can program your brain, you can also unprogram it, and then reprogram it. Would you agree with me, young weed hopper, who is presently attending University of Michigan? All right, where was I? Sorry, lost my spot. Oh, Proverbs 4.23, this is a good one. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Did you get that? 
The TEV says, be careful how you think your life is shaped by your thoughts. Is the way we think important? Yes. Have you ever heard people say the way you think determines the way you feel? True. Pastor Mooney added here, the way you feel determines the way you act. Right? Pastor Dave Williams used to say, your altitude is determined by your attitude. The way you think determines who you are. So, to change your actions, change the way you think. Now, some of you are sitting here going, oh, this is stupid. Really? You're going to be the same person tomorrow that you were today. Because it's that kind of thinking, setting your ways mentality, you'll never become any more than you are today. But if you will let God, if you will let God, there's nothing you can't overcome. Do you struggle with depression or discouragement? Maybe it's because you dwell on depressing and discouraging things. Hello? Reprogram what you think and how you think. Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So, let God transform you by changing the way you think. Are you sleeping on me? I should have got a couple more amens on that one. Refocus your thoughts. Think good thoughts. Do you watch Hallmark or God TV or do you watch Cinemax and HBO? Do you meditate and memorize Scripture? Do you confess the Word of God over you like I've been talking about here? Pastor Mooney took this one step further and he said, what memories are you still rehearsing that keep you from having a fresh start in life? The Bible teaches us to focus on the good things, not the bad things. What aren't you letting go of? The more that you hold on to bad memories, the more you rehearse them, the more they will continue to hurt you. And then he said, You have to give them permission. You are who you are because of the way you think. So what do you do? Follow Paul's advice, Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And then the blessing part. And the God of peace will be with you. God doesn't show up in your life unless you're thinking good thoughts. Unless you're putting Him first. If your mind is in the gutter all the time, you give him no room. (laughs) Last week, we went to the New Life Pregnancy Center. We stopped to see Jen. and When we walked through it, I kept seeing all these scripture things all over the place. Even in front of the fireplace, they had this really cool wooden thing with God, all things are possible kind of thing. And after I left, I thought, that's not... Coincidence? They didn't put that there for decoration, although it looks really nice. They did it because those people coming in there need to hear from God. They need to think and dwell on good things, and Scripture gets no better than the good stuff. It is the good stuff. Hallelujah. All right. Got to get back to this. We're almost done. Refocus your thoughts. R. T. Trust. This is the last one. Trust God to help you succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. You know, I I pray this over just about everything we put our hand to in my family and in this church. Lord, I commit this action to you, whatever it is. 
I know you'll help it succeed. The NCV says, depend on the Lord and whatever you do and your plans will succeed. Are you depending on Him? How many know people who are too stubborn to depend on God? I do. You may be talented, but never think that you're all that, that you can do life solo. Because you can't. You can't do it without God. Proverbs 29, 23. Pride ends in humiliation while humility brings honor. We need God. We have to recognize that. By you just saying, I'll try harder. I'll do better next time. I agree. We all need to put our best foot forward. And we need to do everything is under the Lord. But there's only a certain degree that you can take it. Then you need God's help. You need the infusion of God's Spirit, His power. That's why Zechariah 4, 6 is one of the most quoted scriptures. Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. Can you say that with me? Not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You want to see things change in your life? Come to Him. When we come to Christ, He changes us by His Spirit. We become a new person. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17 The only part we have in this is saying yes to Jesus. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Saying yes to God's gift ushers in this change, that twice-born thing, that second-chance thing. Maybe for you it's the 56th chance. Maybe it's the 370th chance. You know what? It's all right. Just keep on coming back to Him. Keep on coming back to Him. It's only a fresh start if God implemented it. And the last thing, let's not just turn over a new leaf. Rather, let's turn over a new life. Would you stand with me? I don't know where you're at today. But I do know it's the first Sunday of the new year, 2019. And I know there were things I did in 2018 that I don't want to be a part of my life in 2019. And I know there are things that I want to improve in my life in 2019 that I didn't improve in 2018. Just like you, I need a new beginning. And God is here to say, I'm here. Just look up. Just ask. Believe. Trust. Depend on me. I am your source. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. And that that I have begun in you, that good work that I've begun in you, I will see it through to the end. you don't give up. Stop making excuses. Take inventory of your life. Act in faith. Refocus your thoughts. Trust God. Depend on Him. Would you bow your heads? Let me just ask, if you're here today and you'd say, Pastor Norm, I need to make a confession of faith today. I need to depend on him. I want this year to be the best year I've ever had. And I know that there are things in my life that I need to change and I need to take this advice because I don't want to be a fool anymore. I want God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to me today and to start guiding me like never before. And I'm going to begin seeing myself as God sees me, not as the world tells me I am because they think I'm a loser. But God sees me as one of his kids. And I want that to be who I am, not the other one, not the other person, not the one that the devil says I am. I'm God's. If that's you today, you want a new beginning today, just lift your hand. Hallelujah. Hands going up. Thank you. 
I guess the rest of you are already there. God bless you. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your love, for what Jesus did for me. He provided a way where there was no other way. With man, things are impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And today, I stand on your word, believing that everything in Christ is yes and amen. I want to live for you. I want my life to represent you. Change me, Lord. I give you permission. Shape me. Even if it hurts, make me that person you want me to be. And that rich and satisfying life, I'm ready for it. Bring it on. Help me to forget my past. It's under the blood. I confess my sin. Make me a new person today, Lord. And I give you my life. All that I am. All that I have. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray today. God is in the house. Now what are you going to do with it? If you need to, get online, go to our website, gaylorchurch.com, and listen to this again. Take notes this time. It's also on video. But I want you to know this. God is doing something here in this church. 2019 is going to be different. It's going to ruffle some of your feathers if you're not living for him. So live for him. Don't let the devil steal what God's given you. Lord, we thank you again for everything you're doing in this church and this body of believers. I thank you for Jeff, for the miracles that are happening in this place as a result of his steadfastness and all of those who have been praying this week, Lord. Rosemary and Julie. Lord, you know each person that dedicates themselves to prayer. And I thank you for everyone. And Lord, today, as we come and go, keep us safe from the enemy, even from ourselves at times. Develop us, Lord, into vessels that you can use to bring you glory and praise and honor. We love you. We commit this church into your hands. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Have a great week in Jesus.